welcome to all of you visiting with us tonight. It's great to see so many new faces. We love to have people and guests from our community, and we know that this is an important evening. It's Christmas Eve, and uh, you've probably set aside some other things to be with us here this evening and just enjoy a few moments together. So thank you so much for coming and being a part of the service tonight. You sang so well, and uh, my heart is full just to hear you sing and how we've been ministered to musically this evening. I briefly want to just share a few thoughts with you from the Word of God tonight. What I'd like you to do is really try to enter into what one individual in particular was experiencing in all of this Christmas season that we read of in the New Testament. He's a prominent figure, but we don't actually know a lot about him in the Bible, and that is Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. What was going on in his head? What were his thoughts? Well, the young couple who had eyed each other for some time were now officially engaged to be married. It was a time of celebration. It was going to be a wedding within a year. All of those were looking forward to it, their families, the community, they were planning on what would be the dinner, how would the arrangements be made, looking forward to this great time of uniting two families in celebration. And then it all seemed to go wrong. Joseph heard, perhaps through the grapevine, perhaps from Mary herself, that Mary was pregnant. How can this be? Joseph must have thought. Mary is a God-fearing woman. She's an upright girl. Joseph himself had honored her in all ways during their relationship prior to marriage. What should he do? What must he do? The Bible says that Joseph deliberated in his heart. He thought about these things long and hard. And what made the decision so difficult as to what he would do at this standpoint had to do with two things that Matthew chapter 1 tells us. Number one, we're told that Joseph was a just man. That means that Joseph knew according to God's law what God had said in these circumstances. The book of Deuteronomy in the 22nd chapter, Mary, who was apparently adulterous, as would be considered during the betrothal period, the penalty was severe. She must be stoned. Joseph revered the law. He was a man who knew God's law and wanted to honor God. But is that what must take place? The other thing that made the deliberation so difficult for Joseph was not only was he a man of good character, a just man, but he was also a man of compassion. So we're told in the text that was read in your hearing tonight that Joseph was mindful to put her away privately. He thought, what must I do? I love Mary and I'm concerned for her. 
Certainly, he must have been hurt by this whole act, but he couldn't bring himself to heap this shame upon his family and act as if nothing had happened and go on with the marriage. Joseph's best solution was going to take advantage of the lax divorce laws of his day, and in a sort of private ceremony, he would veil the reason for divorce and write her a certificate and put her away privately, as is said in Matthew's gospel. About one night when Joseph was seated in his room or laying down on his bed and his head is spinning with all of these things and maybe he'd finally come to the place in his heart where he said, this is what I must do, we're told that in a dream, Joseph had an unexpected visitor. It was an angel sent from the Lord. And that angel would give Joseph clarification in his deliberation. Here's what you must do, Joseph. The angel tells Joseph to take Mary as your wife, just as you had intended, and receive the child that will be born to her. Well, what had changed? I mean, the situation was as it was. How is this possible that this angelic messenger would tell him to violate the law? And act as if nothing had happened. Well, there are two things that Joseph needed to understand. And both of those are given to us in the text. The one is this. The angel says, Mary is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That this is a supernatural conception like never before, nor ever will be. This is outside of the realm of human possibility. In fact, it is in the realm of divine fiat. Therefore, God had decided that he would come and shroud himself in human flesh and take up residence in the womb of a virgin. And the angel clarifies to Joseph, Mary has not been unfaithful. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. But the angel also clarified to Joseph Jesus' mission. Why did he come? And why would it happen this way? The angel tells Joseph, she's going to give birth to a son. And when he does, when she does, you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus literally means Jehovah saves. And it's in his name that his mission is made known. That the reason for this supernatural event is that people are in sin and need salvation. And this is how it would be done. And so the angel clarifies to Joseph as he deliberates in his mind and says, this one is divine. He's conceived of the Holy Spirit and he has come to save from sin 
to provide forgiveness and satisfaction with God for the things that we have done to estrange ourselves from God. And after that, we're told that, that Joseph received this from the Lord. He took Mary to be his wife. He cared for the child as if it were his own. But here's what I really want you to consider. That's really not the end of the story. That choice that Joseph made was a choice to receive Jesus despite public opinion and personal sacrifice. That he would make a decision that night to accept Mary as his wife and accept Jesus as if it were his own. That he was at that point deciding that he would choose to suffer the scorn that would come for receiving Jesus. And it's a choice that he made. It was a shameful choice. What were people to conclude? One, they might conclude that Mary was an adulterous woman. And Joseph has no problem with that. Maybe he's not a just man, a God-fearing man. Or perhaps they would conclude that it was actually Joseph's child after all. And the shame would perhaps be even greater. Certainly, Joseph must have thought of these things. And yet, Joseph, I think, very courageously says, I will be up to that task. I will accept the scorn. I will accept the shame. We read further in the Gospels, in Matthew and in Luke's account, how Joseph was a good father to Jesus. He protected him, took him to Egypt when Herod was hunting him. He provided for them. Later in life, we don't know what happened to Joseph. He passed off the scene, perhaps died an early death. But certainly, Joseph, probably to his grave, took this moniker of shame with him that everybody thought he wasn't a just man. But Joseph willingly chose to accept Jesus into his life and to live even with the scorn of that. The question for you tonight that I would like to bear with you is this, what will you do with Jesus? I asked you at the beginning to try to put yourself in Joseph's shoes and imagine what he was going through. And what I share with you tonight is, in fact, you are in Joseph's shoes. How is that? Every person in this room is faced with a dilemma. The dilemma is this. We are born into this world estranged from God violating God's law under his just judgment. And we cannot save ourselves. We're all in that boat. 
Yet, like Joseph, you are here tonight, and maybe for no other reason than just that somebody invited you. And you have this messenger, far from angelic, but a messenger opening up God's word and saying, here actually is who Jesus is. He's God himself come in flesh. And here is why he came came to pay for your sin, that you would be forgiven, and that you could be reconciled to God. He came to save you from your sins. And therefore, you are in Joseph's shoes tonight. What will you do with this Jesus? Are you willing to admit your need of him? Are you willing to humble yourself and say, that's right. This is the one who saves. Therefore, I turn from myself and I turn to him, accepting him. The choice is yours tonight. What will you do? I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes without anyone looking around tonight. We're going to sing another carol before we go this evening. But I just want to leave this question in your mind tonight. What will you do with Jesus? Have you ever come to the point in your life where you have accepted him as your savior? Admitting your sin, believing that he died in your place, and calling upon him to save you? Ever been a point in your life like that? despite whatever scorn or shame that there may come with that. If not, maybe you're here tonight because God wanted you to hear this message. And this is really for you. And God's asking you tonight, what are you going to do with my son? Will you receive him? If you have questions about that, I would invite you to to talk to me after the service. Talk with somebody who invited you. Ask good questions. There are people around you that care for you, that would love to share with you how you too can receive Jesus. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Father, thank you.